0: I'd like you to take your Bible tonight and find the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 6. Find that place in your Bible, if you will. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 6. Find that place as we continue where we left off last Sunday evening. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 6. And... Uh, Solomon again, the king, is looking for purpose to life. What purpose is there to life? And uh, with all the toil that man does under the sun. Again, if we think about all this, the, 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 the empire that Solomon built, the largest Israel ever was, was under the reign of King Solomon. And after his death, it quickly divided and shrank in land size and Wealth and everything else, but where are all the? Where is the kingdoms of Solomon today? They're gone. Where are the kingdoms of the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans and and all the other empires? Where? Where they? They all. Everything disappears. And Solomon looks at life and all the toil that man does under the sun. To what purpose is it? Again, life without God. Ecclesiastes is life without God. What is life like if if we don't have God in the picture? Now, in, in chapter number 6, uh, what he's done here and, and given us a, a look at all the things in life, riches in life without enjoyment. And we see in life today people have riches, but they don't have enjoyment. Maybe they do, but again, uh, he uses some illustrations about, you know, if, if a man in, in verse number 2, to a man to whom God giveth riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanted nothing for his soul, for all he desire, yet God giveth enough power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth. This is vanity. It is an evil disease. And so a man may have all these things, but he doesn't have the power to enjoy them. And what good is it if we have something and we don't have the wherewithal to enjoy what God give, has given to us? Now, that's in reference to a rich man. But all of us, no matter what we have, we ought to enjoy the things that we have. Uh, everything God, the Bible talks in Colossians, God has given us all things to enjoy. And everything, of course, in moderation. You want to sit down and uh, a meal and enjoy the meal that, that is before you. God has created them, they with all different tastes, and they can be a wonderful thing. Maybe God has given you a, a car. Even if your car is not the greatest car, it's it's a, to get you from point A to point B and, and you would enjoy the vehicle that you have. The place where you live, it's yours, and, and thank God for it and use it for your enjoyment. And don't be griping and complaining about everything, but enjoy what you have. And Solomon says pointing at the man who has all these things, yet he does not enjoy them. And, uh, and what he goes on now in verses 7 through 9, Solomon has spoken about the rich man, but now he discusses the situation of the poor man. And remember in the Bible days, they really didn't have middle class. You had rich and you had poor. And it's, it's you know, middle class is, is we are blessed to have that in this world, in our country today, The those who basically <laughs> maintain everything. That's who keeps things afloat around here. Now he says that, In verse number seven, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better in the sight of the eyes, in the eyes than the wandering of the, the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Father, bless the time, bless the hour now as we look to scripture. Give thoughts and clarity of mind and help us to say only that which must be said. Bless those who hear tonight. And I pray, dear God, that we will listen and make application where only application needs to be made. And help us tonight to walk closer to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In life, there's one everything comes down to one basic concept. Whether you're rich or you're poor, both of those people have one thing in common. We have, with everybody else, and it's the desire to stay alive. Every day we live so that we may stay alive. We eat, we drink, we sleep, all for the purpose of sustaining our life. That's what the rich, the middle class, and the poor all have in common. We must either produce food or we must earn enough money to buy it. The rich man can let his money work for him, but the poor man has to use his muscles if he and his family are going to eat. But again, there is that struggle to survive. But even after all his labor, the appetite of neither one is fully satisfied. Now, why does a person eat? Now, some people eat just to eat. At the end of the day, normally, why does a person eat? So that again, we can live. So that we can add years to our life. We want to be alive for the next day and for the next week. This is why when you get older, you're a little more careful about what you eat, and you're not eleven o'clock at night in a greasy hamburger joint, plowing down a hamburger like you did when you're eighteen. Maybe not some of you, but I'm looking at some, some of you are like, what's the problem? But the rest of us, we we got to be a little more careful with what we do. But what good is it for any of us to add years to our life if we don't add life to our years? And some people have all this life, but they're miserable in it. And I've met miserable people. They're always unhappy. I remember working in a house, a mother and daughter team, and they were both very old. The mother was like 80, and the daughter was in her 60s, and they were just miserable people. They really were. They were nice to us because we were fixing the plumbing, but they always complained about everything. And, and their, their, their house sat here, and, the, and they sat on a corner, and so their neighbor sat over here. So their backyards touched each other, but the neighbor had a pool. And they complained about the kids playing in the pool. Every summer, those kids are in the pool, and they're playing, and they're splashing, and they're loud. Like, what do you want me to tell you, lady? That's what a pool is for, a bunch of kids playing in it. I just what, do you want to just stand there? That's what kids do in pools. That's what adults do in pools. If you've never been in a pool and never played Marco Polo or a game of chicken, you've missed out on some wonderful times in life. So I happened to, a couple years later, work in the house that had the pool, and I didn't realize. I looked at the window and said, wait a minute, this is the pool house. And I said, I've always wanted to meet you people. I've known all about it. By this time, the mother and daughter dance team had passed away. And I said, I've worked in that house and they've talked about you. Said, oh, you won't believe the aggravation. Always oh, calling the cops on us just because our kids are playing in the yard, splashing in the pool. Them two people had money. They had a house that they didn't even rent out the second floor in the house because they had, they had so much money they didn't need the tenants. And, and yet, they, life was miserable for them. They, were, they, they didn't enjoy life. They were always dour and sour. Every time you went there, how you doing? It's like, oh, here we go. And it it's never, hey, we're doing good, it's great. You know, no, just like no life, no enjoyment. They had all these years. I mean, the mother was close to 90. She had all those years, but there was no life in those 90s. Everything was a problem and a, and a burden and a sorrow, and she passed it on to her daughter, that her daughter, who surprisingly never married, can you imagine that? <laughs> Just, how would you like to date her? How are you doing? Say like, goodbye, and kick her out of the car and, and go home. They spend all their waking hours either looking for food or, or trying to escape from their enemies in Bible days. Now you take creation. All of creation struggles to survive. That, those birds in your backyard... I don't think they're, they're they 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 they're they're living, but really are they? They're just existing because there's prey after them. There's something. There's a cat that's willing looking to take them out. There's something else going after them. Now they sing and they they, they I think they praise God in their song. We have a bush in our backyard that that houses about a thousand sparrows. It's like they're out every day in this bush and it and uh, and and so we put them there. And, well, we didn't put them there. They're hanging out in our backyard, and, and, uh, and our car parks right there, so you know what happens to our car with all these birds there. And So I bought some owls, plastic owls. I read a line, if you put plastic owls out, it'll scare the sparrows. Well, the owls and sparrows are all hanging out together now and, and having a good time, and that didn't scare anybody. But what, is, what does, does... And you go into the woods a deer walks through the woods terrified of what's going to be coming after. It's always on the lookout for something. Now, you and I, we go through life, and we're not being hunted down by anybody, but we do have to watch our backs. But Solomon is letting us know that in life, there's, we ought to be enjoying life. But he looks at people, and he notices they're just living to exist. Solomon is not suggesting that it's wrong to either work or to eat. And many people enjoy doing both. I enjoy my work as a pastor, and I enjoy a good meal. I enjoy sitting down with friends or my family, my wife, and and having a meal. But if life only consists in working and eating, then we are being controlled by our appetites, and that puts really on the same level as the animals. Because that's all an animal does. There's more to life than that. Again, as nature is concerned, self-preservation is the first law of life. And you and I, in a sense, we, we eat because we want to live. But again, in our eating, let's live. I, I hate to use this illustration, but again, I, I have to make the point because it's to what I experienced. Every night at 5 o'clock, like clockwork, we sat down as a family, as kids to eat. My father sat at the end, head of the table my mother would sit off to his, his right side, and then the rest of us gathered around the table. So there were eight of us around that table. And Mom always made a delicious meal. My mom would make made a... Every night, there was some form of potato, and to this day, I still love potatoes and mashed potatoes, and still love making a volcano out of potatoes. Amen. If you don't, like, if you don't make a, a volcano out of your gravy and mashed potatoes, we can't be friends. But Mom always made wonderful meals. And I would like to say that those were really happy times around those tables, but they weren't because we're sitting there waiting for my father to explode about something. Have, and we always have a glass of milk, and if we spilt the glass of milk, then World War III blew up, and my father would start screaming and cursing at us, and I mean cursing, cursing, and, and calling us every name in the book because we dared to spill our milk by mistake and being, just being kids. And, and so sometimes mealtime became a... Uh, an event where you develop an ulcer, what dad is going to blow up about. He didn't sit down to enjoy his children around the table. People come and say, oh, your dad's so nice, your dad's so funny, your dad's so this. I'm like, well, I don't know that man. He's, he does that with everybody else, but when he walks through the door with us, he, he, he's very angry all the time. Like he it regrets that we're even here and, and exist. So again, those meals, I I look back, there's a lot of happy memories of those meals, sitting with my brothers and sisters, and, and the dogs trying to sneak under the table to get scraps. But then there's the memory of my father, who did his best to make sure that we maybe didn't enjoy the meal. Thanksgiving, dad would purposely carve the dark meat and put the dark meat on the table, knowing that we all liked white meat, so we had to sit there and purposely wait while he was spitefully withholding the white meat from us it's just what we grew up with and so it's just we this is how it's gonna be we have to sit here and wait for dad as he plays these spiteful games with us and uh, then my bro- brother would get older and my brother Eddie would always constantly fight and they'd go back and forth and my mother would try to come and so it wasn't enjoyable and I determined that when it came time for our family that again we would enjoy the meals that we had as we sat down as a family and gathered together now as Christians we are new creatures in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And you and I don't live for, really, for the idea of self-preservation. We're living to bring honor and glory to Almighty God. We're living for Jesus Christ. And, and, and He sustains us. He takes care of us. He meets our needs. If we look at verse number 8, He say, He asks a question. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? If again, both questions in verse eight eight are answered by none. If all you do is live to satisfy your appetite, then the, the wise man has no advantage over the fool, nor does the poor man have any advantage better or trying to better his situation and learning to get along with the rich. Again, Solomon is not belittling either education or self-improvement. He's only saying that these things of themselves cannot make life richer. We must have something greater for which to live. Again, people live to have money. And I've said this a hundred times in my life. For if a person has a million dollars, are they happy? No, but what will it take to make them happy? Just one more million. If I can just get that one more million, then I'll really be happy. And, and the poor person, if I can just, get, if I can just hit the, the lottery, if I can just have this, I'll be happy. And you find out when you get it, you're not happy because it's never satisfied because your priorities and what you're looking at are wrong. When we ought to be focused on Almighty God who gives us these things for their enjoyment. My friend, money is a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool, just like a wrench, a screwdriver, or anything else. It's a tool. It's meant to be used for something. And if God's blessed you with money, enjoy it. You can stash it away for a rainy day. You can save up for something else when the time comes. But at the end of the day, it's a tool. It's not there to make you happy. It's there to help you in life and also to be a help to other people in life. I thank God for everybody who's faithful and, and gives and and cheerfully gives and, and and is willing to give and serve God. It's a, it, we have people out there and I know people out there who, who don't give anything and yet they keep taking in and taking in and they never learn to give out. You know why they call the Dead Sea the Dead Sea? Because it only takes in and nothing ever goes out. Water goes in and just sits there and stagnates and so it's dead. It's absolutely dead. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. You can go swimming in the Dead Sea and it's so salty and so thick with salt, you can just basically lay on top of the water because it just takes in. There's a lot of Christians that are just like the Dead Sea, they take in and they take in and and, and never give out. We are to be a channel of blessing. God gives and let's give it to, to and be a blessing with it. This is a tool. We're using it to, to, to bless and to work and to do something with it. I'm not one of those preachers, who t- I was watching some phony charlatan uh, woman preacher a clip of her the other day and she's saying that God is demanding that everybody in that church give $3,000 everybody in that church ought to get up and walk out <laughs> they really should but they sit there and they're trying to figure out how they can give $3,000 to this, this, this false prophet this godless woman who's standing up there telling everybody and, and, and if you give the $3,000 God's going to bless you immensely and the riches will start flowing in, it's all lies it's all lies. She does that because she bankrupted her last church and now she's trying to uh, get rich again. And all those guys who just demand of you, you give what Jesus tells you to give according to scriptures and, and then God will bless you accordingly. You know, the United States has, was a poor nation for a very, very long time. We were farming, an and, and industrial nation, those two things, but it, it was filled with struggling people. This was not, people were not rich. Now, we had our rich people here. We had the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts, the coal barons and the oil barons and the railroad barons and all those people who built things and, and became rich, but it was a hard-working country. It still is. World War II and the prosperity that took place after World War Two blew this nation up to immense blessings, and, and, and wealth. After World War II, the United States became the world power and the world money source, and, and this was the place. And we saw my father come out of World War II and, and buy a house and, and, and work. And, and, and again, as kids, we never wanted for anything. I never needed clothes on my back. I didn't worry about a roof over my head or food on my table. My dad provided all of those things for us and made sure they were there for us. And my mom stayed home, and my mom took care of the house and took care of uh, six kids, two dogs, and a cat. Always had two dogs and always had a cat. Cats never lasted long because my father believed in letting those things out and run around the backyard. And and more than one time, sad to say, we'd find one in the curb as it got hit by a car or come home in the middle of the night because it got into a fight with the rest of the cats in the neighborhood. And... and uh, but the dogs and cats, we've always had those things in our house, along with, and mom took care of the laundry and making the beds and cleaning the house and doing all those things. But we saw a nation blessed, and America was blessed and still is blessed in many ways. But if we have all these things to improve our lives, but yet at the end of the day, our, we're, we are not improved and we're not better and yet we're miserable, what, to what end is the blessing? When I was in Africa, I saw a kid excited about a, a rat that he killed. I saw him running up the stairs, I go, what, what is that? And he, and he held it up, a big humongous rat. I said, is that a rat? He was, I go, did you kill it? I go, how? And he picked up, he was like 30 yards from me, he picked up, a, like he threw a rock and he said, you killed it with a rock? He goes, yeah. I go, are you going to eat that? And he goes, And he took off running like he had found gold. And I said, oh, heaven help me, Jesus, forever complaining. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And 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 by the way, he'll have to do that the next day. He's got to do that the next day. I I watched the, the, the garbage dumps in Africa, smoking with fire and flames. And I watched the people walking through the garbage dumps looking for food and things that they can get. It's 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 mind-boggling, absolutely mind. There's no enjoyment in life almost, just because they're living to survive. And yet, in this country, people are complaining because their their app took ten seconds to download, and we're cursing God and all of creation, and 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 our game is not moving fast enough. Listen, I remember when we had internet we had to press buttons in it and it made all kinds of crazy robot sounds as you waited for the internet to come on and then you had to get off the internet because somebody might be trying to call you <laughs> dinosaur days 20 years ago Young, think about what we do today I can take my phone I have friends in Africa I can Boom, send them a picture and it can be there in seconds. Ooh. And they can see it. And we have all this beautiful technology. But what do we do with this technology? Are we doing anything to advance ourselves to make it all better? Listen, TikTok is a, is a world of, uh, uh, of insanity. I, I'm not on it. But I, every now and then people send me TikTok videos. And I'm like, and it's just some idiot dancing or doing something else that really does not make the world a better place. It's just insanity. Insanity. Everything we have here, again, and what we have in life, we see are working, all these things. But are we making it better? Are we doing anything better? In verse number 9, Solomon says, that Better is the sight of the eyes that, than the wandering of the desires. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Solomon is saying it's, it's better to have a little and really enjoy it than to dream dreams uh, about much and never to attain it. What good is it if you sit there all day dreaming about what you can have instead of enjoying what you do have and realizing God allowed me to have this. If I can just get that bigger house, if I can just get that better car, if I can just get, get, get this and get that. But there's no enjoyment in it. That's what Solomon is trying to let us know here. The poor people, just like the rich who have everything, yet they don't enjoy it, the poor people are just the same way, dreaming to attain the lottery. All you need is what? A dollar and a dream. And boy, and yet are they happy? No, they're not happy. We had a guy growing up who lived around, down the street here, and he won the, the million-dollar lottery. I guess that was a lot of money back in the, uh, the 80s million dollars. That was a lot of money. A house probably cost you seventy grand. So a million so he moved to another part of town, bought a nice house and he forgot everybody. Everybody who lived on this side of town. You know, his wife knew all the ladies right in as soon as they got that million dollar money they moved and they acted like they didn't know anybody and forgot about everybody. Well why? Because they're afraid that people over here are gonna, hey you got five thousand, you got a thousand, you got hundred bucks and and by the way, I've never asked anybody for a dime. I've never walked in. Hey, I know, you got, I know you're a millionaire. Think you can give me a couple? Never in my life have I done that. Don't plan to do it. But they were miserable with their money. They forgot all their friends, all their neighbors, the ones who helped shovel their snow and did all the things for them when they became rich. They forgot about everybody. Solomon is telling us here that it's, it's, it's wrong to... It's wrong to dream great dreams or have a burning ambition to accomplish something in life. No. Of course not. I think we can have a dream say, you know, I want to better myself. I want a better education. I want to advance. I want to move on a little bit. I want to rise out of where I am right now. I want to move out of this level and, and go on to something else in life. There's nothing wrong with those dreams. But in those dreams, we must take care that our ambition is motivated by the Glory of God and not the praise of men. Is This what a a pastor one time in this town told me. I said, you're leaving? He goes, yeah, I'm leaving. Where are you going? Bigger and better things. Those were his exact words to me. Brother Lou knows the preacher. Bigger and better things. I thought, that's a stupid statement. There's nothing bigger or better than the will of God. You know where the biggest and best place for my life is right now and has been? It's this place. There's no greater place on planet Earth than this place because this is the will of God for my life and has been for 60 years so far and probably for the next 60, amen? I don't plan on dying until I'm 120, so just get used to that, all right? You may have to help me up here, but I'll I'll get up here eventually. Just roll me onto the platform and throw me a microphone. Now, but this is my, this is our dreams. I want to do whatever, wherever God wants me. And is this advancing? Am I leaving God in the dust with these advancements? Am I forgetting God? And by the way, bigger and better never really came in the way of the ministry. He went somewhere else and they, they got rid of him. And I don't know what he's doing today. I don't think he's even in the ministry. I wouldn't. People say, Matt, this, I've had many people tell me this. And I'm not bragging. Matt, you need to run for mayor. You need to run for mayor. You, need to, you can fix Carney, man. <laughs> I don't know about fixing Carney. It's too corrupt. Whole oh, Hudson County's corrupt. And uh, you know what? I, I carry the title of pastor. That's my title. The, past, the title of mayor would be going down. The title of President of the United States would be going down because God gave me the title of pastor. That's where I am. And if I stepped out of that into something else where God doesn't want me, I'm going backwards. And, and your life ought to be said is this God's will for my life and this is what God wants me to do and God may advance you and move you on to a great education and, and, and a bigger place and that's fine but make sure it's where God wants you we want to serve the Lord in all things we don't want to leave God out we think of people in scripture and how they, what they did and how they forgot about the Lord we never want to forget God true satisfaction comes when we do the will of God from the heart. Look at Ephesians chapter number 6 in your Bible. The book of Ephesians chapter number 6. The apostle Paul is talking to the church in the city of Ephesus. That's in the land of Turkey today, Asia Minor back then, and he's encouraging the believers here. He says in verse number 5, servants be obedient to them that, that are your masters. And by the word masters means your boss, those, your parents, those who have rule over you. We all have somebody ruling over us in one sense or another. They are your masters according to flesh with fear and trembling, and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. So when, when the police officer pulls me over, I'm to be obedient. I'm to pull over and say, Yes, officer, what's wrong? And he'll explain to me that I was probably going five miles over the speed limit. Brother Carlos witnessed that yesterday as we were going to the men's prayer breakfast. Amen. About five miles over a couple times there, Carlos. Amen. <laughs> <coughs> Thank you, brother. But luckily, no police officers were around to scold them. But if they pulled us over, I would have switched seats and, 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 and threw uh, somebody else in the, in the driver's seat. Now, so we're going to please God. But he says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So, My friend, no matter what you do in life, you are to do it to Almighty God with, again, pleasing Him from your heart. I'm doing this from my heart. Now, we do a lot of things in life, but we don't do it. I'm going to do it, but I don't like it. I'm going to do this, and I ain't going to do it well. No, I'm going to do this. And the Bible says, whatever your hands find to do with with what? All their might. This is my responsibility. Let me do this. This is my job. Let me do this. Listen, you don't have to like the man. You don't have to agree with his policies. But President Truman one day was sitting at his desk and exasperated by all the burdens that were upon him. And, and he said, he goes, there's a thousand other guys in this city who can do this job better than I can. But it's my job and so let me get to doing it. Again, you don't have to that's a good statement. Whether you agree with the man or not it's, that's a good statement. And in life something it, it, many, somebody else can do a better job. But it's your job. So you do it. And by the way, I've noticed in church, by the way, those who complain the most never do anything. Pastor, you know, someone, silence. someone. What are you doing for Jesus? That person's at least trying. They're struggling, but they're trying. And praise God for them. And, and, and you, you want it? No? Okay, then be quiet. <laughs> and pray for them. And, and, just, and, and encourage them. Don't be a discourager. Be an encourager. Amen. The will of God, there can be riches, there can be enjoyment and, and, and in our labor with satisfaction. We can labor with satisfaction. There's nothing wrong with that. We have to accept His plan for our lives and receive His gifts gratefully and enjoy each day as He enables us. The psalmist says, Thou wilt show me the paths of life in the presence of fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Do you understand that when we serve God, there's pleasures in serving God? Amen. Solomon's saying that without God, there's no pleasure. We're just, I'm just doing this to live. Because I have to make sure I'm alive for tomorrow. But us, we do it because, again, we, we, we have God. There's joy in serving Jesus Christ. He goes back in, Ephes- in Ecclesiastes here in verse number 10, that it, that which hath been named is, is already and, and is known that is... That is A man, neither may he contend with him, that is mightier than he. The final dress by Solomon in this chapter, what he's talking about is, again, his weaknesses and his shortcomings. Man's abilities are limited by the fact that he is merely flesh. There's only so much that flesh can do. Even to the king who knew more and accomplished more than any other person during his day, his limitations, he was frustrated well, all the things he could not do. This will be seen later on in his life. As I get older, I realize that I can't do as much as I used to do. There's some things like that. I don't do that no more. <laughs> those, those days are done. Somebody else has got to do that. There was a days when I did it. Did it gladly. But now it's like, yeah, my back don't want me doing that. My knee don't want me doing that. And I don't like doing that anymore. Because if anything bad happens, <laughs> It's going to hurt. <laughs> Amen. I just may fall off the ladder, and if I fall off the ladder, I don't bounce like I used to. I just kind of thud and lay there. And just When you're a kid, you can bounce up and, and keep moving. Now when you're older, you fall, you, you take inventory. Is everything, so is it all there? Is, is, is everything moving? <laughs> and you just, okay. Then you kind of slowly get up and, and see what happens after that. Not that I'm some senior citizen, but trust me, I guess... I'm getting closer. Amen, Miss Naira? (laughs) Thank you. We were talking about Caleb yesterday. Caleb always knew when to say amen at the wrong time. Remember, we miss Caleb around here. Amen, girls? (laughs) The three girls say no. (laughs) Uh, He was a blessing. I do miss him. I really think about him quite a bit. Now, Solomon is is closing out. I want to hurry up here tonight as we close out here. He says, verse number 11, Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? For who knoweth what is good for for man in this life, all the days of his vain life, which he spendeth as a shadow? Who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Again, people are constantly seeking direction. They're seeking counsel from other individuals who are just really mortals and sinful as they are. No one... No one really knows where to turn. As a result, we have to deal with consequences. As a pastor, I can guide you. This is what the Bible says, but I, I can't tell you, is this the right school for me? Well, I don't know. Let's pray about it, and, and what are you doing, and let's think about this, and, 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 and at the end of the day, we, yeah, let's see where it goes. Some things we can know. Pastor, should I marry this guy? No. No. Should I marry this? One? No. Why? Well, here's A, B, and C. Why? Okay, but I'm going to marry him anyway. Okay, here you go. And I've, I've that's happened more than. But I love him, and I can change him. Yeah, okay. Whatever. This, this, see this little thing here. There you go. It's just a, it's a piece of gold. This does not change anybody. I am not. I do not receive superpowers because this thing went on my finger and nobody else does. It doesn't change you. It's just a piece of metal wrapped around your finger telling the world that you're married. The change has to come in here. and Many people put these things on their finger and yet this never changes. So when you we meet somebody we ought to make sure this is right. Because I'm going to change them. Love will change them. No. <laughs> no. Just be careful with that. So Psalm is letting us know here that, again, we can have all the counsel, but, again, and the Bible says that in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. That's true. But make sure we're getting every counselor agrees that, yeah, this should be the, same, the right direction. But at the end of the day, we really don't know. Only God knows that. Only God knows that. And you can go back and blame your pastor, you can blame your teacher, blame your mom and dad, and blame everybody else. But either day you made that decision of what you're going to do in life, and then you, we live with those consequences. And sometimes things happen in life that, we didn't, that didn't, nobody's fault, they're just life. If we could see into the future and, and know things and how they're going to turn out, again, maybe we can make the right decision. But no person sees the future Again, we're all nothing but clay. That's all we are, and we can all, th- and and we can give you wisdom. We can do our best, but God, in the, the day, has to do these things for us, and we need God to help us. And Psalm letting us know here in these verses, as we close out and look at things, that again, uh, who can tell? In fact, in verse twelve, who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? Oh, well, nobody can. Nobody can really give you that counsel. That counsel only comes from God. Only God can give you that. Again, we ought to look for counsel, the best from people we can. But at the end of the day, the results nobody knows. The results only God does that. But if you're in the will of God, and look at, and I'll quote Joseph. Look at Joseph. We talk about him in Sunday school. Joseph was in the will of God. And what? Where did the will of God take him? <laughs> It took him into slavery and to falsely accused of rape and took him into prison. And it seems like every decision Joseph is making is a bad decision, but God was eventually directing that whole thing for him. God was in charge of all that. And Psalm was letting us know that without God, we really don't know what's going to happen. But with God, we can enjoy life. We can enjoy the things God gives us, and, and, and life will have purpose. And at the end of the day. We know that God is directing our steps. And we know it also, as Scripture says, but thanks be to God, which gives us the what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When We have Christ in our life, and we put Christ first. We know that we'll get the victory at the end of the day when it's all said and done. Even though we go through great sorrow, God gives a song. Let's stand together for prayer. Father, again, we do thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for a man like Solomon and the wisdom that you gave him to look at life and just see the, it all stripped down to its bare bones of what it really is. And Lord, help us not to just have life, but to enjoy life, to enjoy the things in life, the people at church, the friends at church, the, the songs that can be sung and the fellowship. And the place where we rest our head tonight and thank you for it is a it's a sweet and safe place where we can get a good night's rest. And Lord, even the food that's in our refrigerator, Lord, you've provided it for us to enjoy and be thankful for and to be a blessing to us. Help us to see things, Lord, in, in this retrospect and and just to be thankful. Bless the time and